Well, praise the Lord, my friends. I'm so grateful that you decided to join me for another broadcast. Today's message is part two of the series entitled Living for Christ. Today's subtitle is Finished. Jesus finished it all for you and I. He made our salvation secure in him. It's all about Jesus. So I can't wait for you to hear this message. Don't forget to join us on our Facebook page. We'd love to see you there. And subscribe to our YouTube channel. And all the excitement starts right there at www.kingdomrock.org. So don't forget to check us out. All right, without any further ado, here comes today's message entitled, Finished, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, as you know, last week we started a series uh, entitled, Living for Christ living for Christ. And we're going to go right back into that series today. So if you would turn your Bibles with me, uh, we're going to start again here in uh, first or rather second Corinthians, second Corinthians, uh, the fifth chapter, second Corinthians five. And uh, we're going to go a little bit further today. Second Corinthians five. Got some scriptures that we're going to show show to you shortly there on the screen. Uh, today we're going to be using a lot of scripture or a lot of scripture out of the New Living Translation. We'll do some out of King, King James, maybe one out of the NIV. But remember, my goal is to give you an understanding. My goal is to give you an understanding. So I'll use other translations when I believe that they will help us to get a greater understanding. Okay. Here again, living for Christ. Let me give you these three statements once again. An unthankful heart will find it very difficult to surrender. If you have an ungrateful heart, you'll find it very difficult to surrender. Those who feel they're entitled will will hardly utter a thank you. If you think that you deserve something, you won't say thank you. Will hardly say it. And sacrificial giving originates from those who know they didn't deserve the blessing in the first place. Finished. We want to speak today from the title, from the subtitle of Finished. Jesus finished something. Now, last week we spoke from the title, just very briefly, of He Did It For You. And that's where we started here in 2 Corinthians 5. So let's go there just for a second. 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, verse number 14 and 15 says this. Uh, of the New Living Translation, it says, Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we uh, have all died to our old life. Very important that you understand that. Verse 15, he died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. We have new life now that we should no longer live for ourselves, but live for the one who died for us. Verse 21 says, for God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sins so that we could be right with God through Christ. I love the way King James reads this verse in verse 21. It says like this, for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Somebody said, that doesn't sound fair. That doesn't sound fair. God made someone, Jesus, who had never sinned 
never did one act of wrongness, never did one act of wrong. God charged him with our sin. Someone who never sinned was charged with all sin. And then he takes someone who had spent a life of sin and said, innocent, righteous. So he charges the righteous man with sin and the unrighteous man, he he says to him, righteous. This is because of what Jesus has done. This is the wisdom of God and it is marvelous in our sight. It is the grace of God because the Lord Jesus accomplished something that we could never do. We could never obtain enough righteousness on our own to be accepted in the sight of God. Jesus had to do it. Now, we, last, we left off last week asking just two questions, and uh, we'll research a little bit this uh, today because I really need you to get this. And we're going to get the mindset of many of the church, modern-day churchgoers in these questions to here as well. So let me ask you this again. How do you know if you have really received or understood this wonderful gift that God has given you? Well, this one question really gets it. This question is, if you died right now, would you be going to heaven? If you died right now, would you be accepted in the presence of God or would you be rejected by God? That's the question, isn't it? If you died at this moment, Lord forbid, would you be accepted in God's presence or would you be rejected in his presence, rejected out of his presence. We said you really one of two answers. One is the person would say, well, I hope so. I hope so. The second is absolutely without a shadow of a doubt. Absolutely. Well, we're going to explore these two today because those two answers are diametrically opposed one to another. It's like, it's like day and night, day and night. One is the faith uh, talking about the one who uh, says absolutely. And one is talking about a self-righteousness. And next week, the Lord willing, we'll deal with the danger of religion. I can't wait to get in that with you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. But there is a third. I told you there are two answers to the question, but there is also a third. This third is an unholy mixture of the two. And let me show you. Let's go ahead and start today with our slides. I want to uh, want to start today. I want to show you this unholy mixture. But first, let's read these scriptures here. And um, John 19, this is out of the King James Version. John 19, verses 28 through 30 says this. Uh, After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were, were now accomplished, say now accomplished. Now accomplished. That the scripture might be fulfilled, saith, I thirst. Now, uh, there was set a vessel full of vinegar, and they filled a sponge with vinegar and put it upon hyssop and put it uh, to his mouth. When Jesus, therefore, had received the vinegar, he said, what? It is what? It is finished. Come on. He said, it is what? It is what? It is what? It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Let's look at another scripture, Hebrews 10, uh, verses 9 through 14 out of the NIV. Let's just listen to, let's read this. It says, then he said, here I am. I have come to do your will. The Lord Jesus speaking to the father. He sets aside the first to establish the second. He sets aside the law to establish the New Testament. Verse 10, and by that will, we have been made holy. Say, I have been made holy. I have been made holy. 
So remember, you have to read yourself into the scripture. God is talking to you. The Bible is his letter to you, the born again believer. Not to the world, it's to the born again believer. The world doesn't even understand this. It says again, uh, by that will, we say me or I have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Say with me, I have been made holy. You see, the, uh, the natural man cannot receive that because we're speaking things that are spiritual. Remember, you are a spirit being. You live in a body and you possess a soul. The spirit part of you, the real you, has been made holy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We have to agree with that. We have to say, yes, amen, that is so. See, when you begin to believe this, it'll change the way you pray. It'll change the way you interact with God the Father. It will change the way uh, that you interact with other people when you believe that you have become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. When you believe that you are holy. Say with me, I am holy. holy. How is that? Because of your actions? No. Because God has declared it. Now, you may point your finger at yourself and other people may point their fingers at you as well. The devil may point his fingers at you, but nobody has a finger bigger than God. If God point to you and say, holy, you say, yes, Lord, I am. Hallelujah. I am. And so it is. I bow to what you are saying about me. And what you believe, if you, uh, coin a phrase from another minister, if you believe right, you will continue to walk right. As we heard just some wonderful testimony a moment ago by Sister Belinda, she began to speak the word to this young man and he began to believe it and began to receive it. He began to walk in it. So you have to believe this as true fact concerning you. Regardless of what you did last night, last week or yesteryear, you have to believe that you are now you have now been made holy. Say, I have been made holy. holy. Isn't that something? How? Through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Does not say I have been made holy because of my good deeds. Does not say I've been made holy because I've, I, I don't curse. I just, does not say I have been made holy because I don't drink. I don't smoke, snort, root, toot. It doesn't, doesn't say I, I've been made holy because I've done any of these things, right? Amen. Say with me, I have been made holy, been made holy through, the sacrifice through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Of Jesus. Let's look further. Verse 11 says, day after day, every priest Uh, stands and performs his religious duties again and again he offers the same sacrifice which can never take away sins but when this priest say thank you Jesus but when this priest had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins he sat down at the right hand of God hallelujah his sitting down says it's done The work is finished. It's complete. He did the work and he sat down. It's done. Verse 13. And since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. For by one sacrifice, he has made perfect 
He has made perfect forever those who are being, grab a hold of that, those who are being made holy. Now, somebody's antenna should pop up right there. Let's look at that again. Verse number eight says again, he has made uh, he verse 10 says uh, by that by that will, we have been made holy. And then in verse number 14, it says for by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever. Those who are being made holy. Somebody says, wait now, wait now, wait now. I thought the Bible said a minute ago that I was, I was made holy. But then you say a minute, God, what you saying? Now you're saying I'm being made holy. What's the, what's the issue here? Is God contradicting himself? Absolutely not. Understand something. I told you a moment ago that the real you, your spirit man is holy. But your soul got some issues. <laughs> Your soul is your mind, your will, your intellect. Do you understand? Hallelujah. Your mind is not yet holy. It is being made holy. We still got some filthy thoughts. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Can't get no talk. Our mind is being renewed. We are in process, our soul, our soul, our mind, our will, our emotions, our intellect is in in the process of being made holy. But the real you, your spirit, already there. Are you hearing? No, let's look at something. So we see here, let's go on, please. Jesus says, I'm finished. So believe. That's what Jesus is saying about you. This is what he's saying about you. He said, I finished the work. What did you finish, Lord? Remember, uh, in the book of Luke, I believe the first chapter, the Bible says that Jesus came to save his people from their sins. He said, I'm done. I've done it. It's done. Jesus said, I'm finished. So believe. Religion says the work's not finished. So get to work. Not finished. No, no, no. So get to work. So here we see an unholy trinity, and I want, to, I want you to see something here. This is an unholy religious mixture. So we're going to skim on the surface of a little bit of this this week. Next week we get a little bit further. But there is an unholy relationship here, an unholy mixture of what we talked about earlier about the, the two answers to the question whether you would go to heaven or not if you died. Remember, some would say, I hope so, based on their own works of righteousness. Another would say, well, I know so. Yes, I believe in Jesus. But this is the unholy mixture that is perpetrated in many of our churches today. Let's look at this unholy mixture. They say faith in Jesus plus Living a holy, moral, sinless life equals to salvation and being accepted, acceptable to God. That is the lie that is perpetrated in many of our churches today. That is what many of us have believed and some still do believe. How am I saved? Well, believe in Jesus and then just do right and then God got you. But there is a problem with that. What's the problem? The problem is that this says what Jesus did was not enough. What that says is that uh, his work on the cross was incomplete. 
What that says is that uh, uh, Jesus started it, but you've got to finish it. That's what that plus work means. Have faith in Jesus, yes, but now do your best not to sin, and then maybe God will take you in. That is heresy. That is another gospel that Paul talked about. That is damnable heresy before the presence of God. Because that says that what Jesus did is not complete. Jesus started, yeah, you did it, Lord, but now it's all up to me. And now I got to make sure that I am right in your sight. Now I got to make sure that I, I do everything right. I got to make sure I come to church. I got to make sure I study my Bible. I got to make sure I pray. I got to make sure I pay my tithe. I got to make sure I do my, I give my offering. I got to make sure I treat everybody right. Can't curse this week. I, got, I, got, I, you know, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. Why? Because if I do it, I may mess up my salvation. Are you hearing? Amen. That, that thinking says that what Jesus did was not enough. No, there is a work. There is a work of salvation, but it's a different kind of work. One way, and we'll talk about this soon, religion says you must work to earn your salvation. But relationship with Christ says I work because I'm saved. I work because I'm grateful for what he has done for me. It's a different standing altogether. I'm not working trying to earn my salvation. I'm working because I am saved. I am one with God now. He lives in me. I have a new nature. Does that make sense? You had a testimony ago just a moment ago about, uh, about a married couple. They're, those that have been married now for three years. I guarantee you, if Brother Kelly would say, honey, Lisa, come on over here. Let me kiss you because it's just what a husband ought to do. <laughs> it's just this is just a part of it. This is just what a husband ought to do. He, he ought to kiss his wife. So, OK, I'm doing this so it'd be good with you. OK. Mm. <laughs> There's a difference with that. And, and, and if he said, you know, I want to kiss you because you know what? I love you. Amen. Different altogether. Amen. It may be the same action, but the motives are different. Yes. By the same token, your motives for coming to the house of God, your motives for prayer, your motives for giving any tithe and an offering, your motive for doing good should be out of a grateful heart and not out, not out of a Mm, here, take it then. God loves what kind of giver? A cheerful giver whose heart is in his giving. Are you hearing me? So there is that unholy mixture. And we're going to debunk many of this today and we're going to continue in this series and do so. And I pray that you're going to get something rich. You're going to get a rich blessing out of this as we go through these scriptures. Amen. Now let's uh, turn with me to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians, the second chapter. Ephesians, the second chapter. Well, let's go to the next one. All right. I'm sure you can work it out. Ephesians, the second chapter. I want to show you this as well as we just really get into here. So we understand the, the problem with that unholy mixture. It is an unholy mixture. What Jesus did on the cross is enough. And we have to meditate in the work that he has done. Because if you get into your own works, 
You're simply going to invite guilt. You're going to invite shame to come in. And once we feel guilty and ashamed, that spirit or that feeling, that emotion, that feeling opens the door for sin to come in. When you feel guilty, when you feel depressed down in the dumps, it's a lot easier for you to go out and commit sin. Because you want to do something to help get rid of the pain. Are you hearing? So let's go now. Let's look at a few more scriptures. Jesus said, it's finished. It's finished. It's done. He said he did the work. Let's look at a few others here. But here again, religion says, not so. The work's not finished, so get to work. But let's, let's look at this. Ephesians, the second chapter of the New Living Translation, once again, verses 8 through 10, it says, God saved you by his grace when you believed, period. I love that. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take any credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. So when you stand before God, like those people you saw in the video, you're not going to say to him, I did all this good. So you ought to want me to be here because I was just that good on earth. All that says is that you went through life establishing your own way to be right with God. And God said, that's not going to cut it. I have only one way for mankind, womankind, boy, girl kind to be right with me. And that is through the body of my son. If you come up any other way, you are a thief and a robber and will be dealt with. There's only one door that leads into the sheepfold. And that is Christ Jesus. Oh, I hope you got that. John 10. Are you hearing me? Let's let's go further. Uh, Verse 10 says, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. Say, I'm a new creature. creature. Are you hearing? I'm new. I'm new. I'm new. You're new. God created us in Christ Jesus anew. Uh, So we can do the good things uh, he planned for us long ago. He saved us so we can do good works. We are saved to serve. Let's look at another scripture. Let's go to Galatians 5, chapter Galatians 5. Let's look at verses 1 through 4 out of the New Living Translation once again. It says, so Christ has truly set us free. Free from what? We're going to see this later. Free from the bondage of law. Free from the bondage of perpetually trying to do right to earn our salvation, to earn our way into heaven. Many people right now, there are many churchgoers who are trying to earn their way into heaven. You don't have that much time down here. You can't earn enough. Please help me tell your neighbor, tell them you can't earn enough. People are trying their best to earn their way into God's good favor. You can't do it. It's an impossible thing with man. Are you hearing? Boy, it keeps coming out of my spirit. Now, let me tell you something. Religion says that man must work his best to come up to God. 
That's what religion says. Man must work his best to come up to God. But relationship with Christ, Christianity, the truest form says God has come down to you and meets you where you are. And then you in him, he brings you up. You understand? He's the only one that has come down to you in the muck and mire and the mud and so forth and so on. He has come down to you and he is perfecting you. He is making you holy. Are you hearing? He's getting that mind together. Say, thank you, Lord, for getting my mind together. Let's go again. Verse number one. So Christ has uh, truly set us free. Free from what? Free from a life of perpetually trying to be right. Remember, the Lord Jesus said to his people, come unto me, all you who are who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Why are you so tired? Lord, I'm so tired because I keep trying to do right, but I find myself doing wrong. Lord, I'm so tired. I can't seem to pray right. I can't seem to study right. I don't understand the Bible. I miss church again. I'm so tired. I just can't do it. I just can't be right. You are absolutely correct. You cannot. <laughs> And you are being worn out with the fact that you cannot. And God said, why are you fighting that? He said, come to me. I said, you're heavy laden. He said, come to me and I will give you rest. Because Jesus said, I've done the work. Now enter enter into my finished works. And we do that through faith. Amen. Amen. Let's try to read this again. So Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you what? Stay free. And don't get don't get tied up again in slavery to the law, the system of rules and regulations that God gave really specifically to show you that you could not measure up. The law was given to show you your your sinfulness. It was God's gauge or God's standard that man could see that you just couldn't do right. You just couldn't be right. You just can't. Hallelujah. That's why Jesus came and said, I see you can't do it. I'll do it for you. And now from that place of righteousness, we work. Hallelujah. Verse two. Listen, I, Paul, tell you this. If you are counting on circumcision, which was an act of of the law, if you're counting on circumcision uh, to make you right with God, then Christ will be of no benefit to you. No effect, King James says. If you're counting on your good works to get you in, then Christ has no benefit for you. Verse three. I'll say it again. If you are trying to find favor with God by being circumcised, we can say it this way. If you're trying to find favor with God by coming to church, by giving your, by reading your Bible, if you're trying to find favor favor with God by praying every day, uh, then you must obey every regulation in the whole law of Moses. But guess what? You still can't do it. Verse four says, for if you are trying to make yourselves right with God by keeping the law, you have been cut off from Christ. You have fallen away from God's grace. 
If you are so intent on doing good and not having faith in the finished work of Jesus, Jesus has left the building. Because he will not be party to your pridefulness, because that is actually what that is. Let's look a little bit further. Let's go to Galatians, the third chapter. Are you getting anything out of this? Want you see a common flow, a common theme that is running through here. Galatians 3 verse 1 says, once again of the New Living Translation, it says, Oh foolish Galatians, I can say, oh foolish Bremenians, <laughs> or Carotinians, or Villarickians, wherever you live, Mount Zionians, oh foolish Galatians, who have cast an evil spell upon you. For the meaning of Christ's death was made as clear uh, to you as if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ. Verse 3. How foolish can you be? I love that word. (laughs) How foolish can you be? Verse 3 said, after starting your new lives in the spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human efforts? And this is what people do. You come to church. I want to give my life to Jesus. You know, okay, Lord, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. And we leave the altar. And now we say, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to make sure I pray every single day. I'm going to make sure I study my Bible every single day. I got to do it. I got to do it. I got to make sure I fast every single day. That's why you, that's why you look so skinny. I'm going to make sure I do it every single day. I'm not going to miss it every single day. Sounds very good, but guess what? Your flesh can't keep that up. And sooner or later, you're going to fall. And when you fall, here comes the accuser of the brethren. And what he's going to tell you, oh, you ain't saved. You ain't read your Bible. You ain't saved. You haven't even prayed. You ain't saved. I can't think of anything else. You can fill in the blanks. He will accuse you. And what he's trying to do is trying to pull you in further into works to earn salvation. So he'll question what you are doing and try to convince you because you haven't been doing right. Then you cannot be saved when your salvation was never based on your doing right in the first place. So once condemnation enters, he points to your work. You haven't read. You haven't studied. You haven't prayed. And what does the person do? Do they feel closer to God or further away from God? Do they want to come to church or they want to leave church? Now they feel so condemned over their own works, over their own failures. And now they're stepping further and further and further and further and further back from God. Now, if they are truly born of God, if they're truly born again, the relationship has not changed, but the fellowship has. The fellowship has. My son will always be my son. 
We are relationally bound. We're bound by blood. We in the body of Christ are bound to God by blood. By the blood of Jesus. Their relationship will not change. But the fellowship can change. How many of us have relatives, blood relatives, you're still them with them relationally, but you don't fellowship with them? That was mighty loud. <laughs> fellowship can change. Sin, condemnation, guilt causes fellowship to change. And you can feel so far away from God, even though you are still his child. If you have truly been born of God. Until we snap out of it and realize that you were never made right with God because you were good in the first place. It was a gift that God gave to you. And then then in that position, we simply declare, Lord, I am your child. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are ma- I am holy, the true me, my spirit man, and you are making me holy. You're making me holiness. God is making us holy. Guess what happens? Our life begins to line up with it. Amen. Does that make sense? Amen. Oh, that's good. All right. So it says, why are you trying to make yourself perfect with your own human efforts? Why are you trying to do that? Stay in faith. Stay in Christ. Meditate on what Jesus has done. Let's look at a couple more that we're going to close out for today. This is so, so good. Romans 3, let's look at verse number 23, and we're going to read on down also out of the New Living Translation. It says this, for everyone has sinned. Thank you for that yawn. <laughs> That's what sin makes you do, doesn't it? <laughs> you are right, you are right. For everyone has sinned. That's a good witness. Have you sinned? Yes, everyone. I've sinned. All of us have sinned. It says, we all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God freely and graciously declared that we are righteous. Oh, wow. Yet God freely and graciously. Now, nobody put a gun to God's head and said, make them right. There's not one big enough, Ray. (laughs) He did it of his own free will. God of his own free will looked at you and declared you righteous. Now, righteous, of course, means you are right, right in his sight. And it also means nothing missing, nothing broken. You're right with me. You are right with me. So God looks at you and says, right righteous nothing's missing nothing's broken you're right with me hallelujah oh we say lord you what what don't you see what i just did you're right with me but lord don't you see what i got in my hand you're right with me you are holy 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 i am yes holy i am aren't i lord yes and we begin to walk in it hallelujah we begin to speak it and our lives begin to change 
I tell you, your life will begin to line up with what you believe. What do you believe? If you believe that you are old, filthy sinner, trying to make it into heaven, you'll make it into heaven by the skin of your teeth. Oh, Lord, help me. It's so hard to get along. Oh, it's so hard to get along. I don't know if I can do it, but I'm going to do my very best, Lord. It's so hard. Come on, quiet. It's so hard to get. No. Are you hearing me? That's based on work, and that's not faith. And if it's not a faith, it is actually sin. And it's not pleasing to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You ought to stick your chest out and say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Are you hearing me? Flex them muscles. I'm telling you. God gave you power to be called sons of God. To those who would believe, John, I believe the first chapter, to them gave he power to be sons of God to those who would believe on him. Thank you, Lord. Why you have your head hanging down? Don't you know who you are? Ooh, Jesus. All right, let's just try to finish this out. Verse 24, yet God freely, say freely, and graciously declared me right. Come on, you got to say that. Declared me right. Listen, he did this through your good works. No, he did this through because you stopped smoking. He did this through because you stopped drinking. He did this because you stopped cussing. Stop posting nasty pictures on Facebook. Somebody about to be prophesied to right about now. No, he did this through Jesus Christ when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. Over and over again, God is saying it over and over again. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. For he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in this present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness, for he himself is fair and just. And he, say he, he. declares... Sinners. Stop right there. Now, verse 23 says that everybody has sinned. All have sinned. Uh, Are you with me? All right. He declares sinners what? To be what? Right in his sight when they do what? Believe in Jesus. Oh, my Lord. How many ways can the Lord say this? He declares, God declares, who is the devil to point a finger at you? Tell him to put that bony thing back in his pocket. He ain't got nothing to do here. God declared me right. Say with me, God declared me right. Come on, God declared me right. Ooh, 
Now, at first, those words would seem like it just rolled right off you because you really don't believe it. Why? Because of the things we have done. But God said, I'll take your doneness, the things you do, out of the equation and put my son there. Let's look at this again. He said, he declares sinners to be right uh, in his sight when they believe in Jesus. Uh, Lord Jesus. In Jesus. <laughs> Thank you for your grace, Lord. <laughs> One more time. He declares sinners to be right in his sight when they believe in who? Jesus. Verse 27. Can we boast then? Can you brag? No. That we have done anything to be accepted by God? No. Because our acquittal is not based on obeying the laws, not based on doing good. It is based on faith. Verse 28. So we are made right with God through faith and not by obeying the law. Amen. Not by obeying law. Amen. I'm made right. So again, believing what the word says, praying this way, makes you come before his throne boldly and find help in the time of need. If you're feeling condemned because of things that you did or things, something that you did not do, you're not going to have confidence toward God. You're not going to have confidence toward God. But let me tell you something. Now, here again, this does not mean, okay, well, I have a license to sin. Hey, I can do what I want to because my work in Christ, you know, my salvation is not based on sin, so fire up the Barbie. (laughs) Keep them coming, bartender. Keep them coming. No. Being saved means having a new nature means that God has changed me. I don't want to do that anymore. After you've experienced being clean, you have on your clean suit. I mean, you were really filthy in the mud, but then God brought you and he cleaned you up and put on your nice, your nice clean suit. Got your head did, got your nails did. I'm late as it. You know, you all, you got your stuff together. Do you want to go back there and fall in the mud again? No, but tripping sometimes is inevitable. Falling sometimes is inevitable. It may happen again, but if it does, then I'll simply come back under the blood and receive his forgiveness and washing and cleansing. Hallelujah. Better than tide, better than bleach. Hallelujah. And I'll go to church and shout it out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He saved me and redeemed me, not based on my work, but based on his finished work. When you're saved, I'm not going to look for places to sin. That's not my desire anymore. But what you will find that you'll have some churchgoers or people who claim to be Christian finding places to sin. And then they will say, well, you know what? God, forgive me. I'll do it anyway. What? What? (laughs) Something wrong. Fake. That's phony. Something's wrong. Somebody's never been clean. Somebody still stank. (laughs) Haven't been washed by the blood. Somebody's been pretending. 
Hallelujah. I'm saved. I don't desire to do that. You say, and I bet you don't desire to do that either. Once you've been made free, you don't want to go back into that bondage again. Once God pulled you out, you don't want to go back. But sometimes we do trip and we do fall. But remember, when that happens, your relation with God has not changed. If you are born again, you're still joined by his blood. Now, let's correct the fellowship. Let's confess our sins before him. And he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And cleanse us, says that washing from all unrighteousness. He says, I'll clean you up again. Now, all right now, go ahead, son. Go ahead. Go ahead, daughter. Go ahead now. Run on. Hallelujah. Got you clean again. Now run on. Hallelujah. If your child is outside in the mud, do you say, oh, you're filthy. You're not coming to this house ever again. I will disown you. No. You say, come on in here. Let's take off those nasty clothes, get in the bathtub. You're, you're still my child. I love you. Your first, your first thought is clean you up. Get this stanky stuff off of you. But do you dislike your child? Do you hate your child because they're filthy? No, but your thought is, I got to clean them up. And that's the father's desire towards you. Because the sin and all these things, only all they do is just drag us further down. He wants to restore the fellowship. But understand, a unbroken fellowship has to do with your faith in Jesus, believing that the work is all about him and so less about you. I pray you've heard the word of God today. We'll stop there in Jesus' mighty name. Let's give him a hand of praise. Hallelujah. We pray that you are richly blessed by today's message. We would love to connect with you. Just go to our website at kingdomrock.org. You can become our friend on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel and a whole lot more. Right there at kingdomrock.org. We would love to hear from you. And if you're in the Bremen area, please stop by and join us every Sunday morning. Sunday school is at 9 a.m. and Sunday morning is at 10. Wednesday night, we have what's called Hour of Power. It starts at 6.30 p.m. All are invited. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would love to hear from you. And if you have a prayer request, by all means, please log on to our website at kingdomrock.org and click on the prayer page. Until tomorrow, remember that Jesus is Lord. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.